beautiful people and welcome to a mini episode of this thing of black female podcast all right so this evening um we were supposed to give you the relationship but um if you follow us on social media you saw that that will be pushed off until next week just so we can address a couple of things real quick all right so before i even get into this it's not even a rant like i feel like like i did my research you know what i'm saying and what i'm saying is factual and then you know of course some of it is based off of me being um a black woman so some of it is you know how i feel um my perspective but it's just what it is so if you've listened to this podcast um you know we don't tiptoe around tough subjects um and when it comes to subjects involving the black community or black people we definitely discuss them um <clears throat> because it affects us personally and we can give you a first-hand perspective if you don't have that black person in your life to understand why and how certain things affect us so if you've been paying attention to the news <clears throat> you'll notice that there have been a lot of shootings um Derek Chauvin, uh, they finally found a verdict or, you know, gave a verdict on his case um, in regards to George Floyd. Um, the same day the verdict was released, uh, a 16-year-old was shot and uh, killed by the police. Um, there's just a lot going on. Um, so we kind of just want to address that. I wouldn't be me and I wouldn't be doing you guys a... I would be doing you guys, um, the people that actually listen to this podcast, to become educated on things um, regarding the black community. I'd be doing you guys a disservice if I just completely, not really ignored it because I'm dealing with it myself, but if I didn't shed light on the situation, kind of explain to you guys why it's affecting us the way that it's affecting us. So... Um, let me just go ahead and read through some things, okay? Um, I'm going to be doing a little bit of reading, so I'm going to be looking down at the iPad, but this is all stuff that I research, so I'm not giving you my opinion at the moment. It's stuff that I've, I've read up on and taken from, you know, uh, my many sources and actually put into a document. So 5 December 2020, um, Lieutenant Nazario of the U.S. Army was driving his newly purchased vehicle with his temporary tax. He's in Virginia, all right? Um, and in Virginia, like other, you know, states, when you have temp tags, the dealership, they usually do all of that. You don't really do it. The dealership, they will put the temporary tags, tape it on the inside of the vehicle on the back windshield. Um, that's just what I've seen. Um, the times that I have purchased a vehicle, especially in Virginia. All right, so um, had his temporary tag displayed in the back of his window. Uh, Lieutenant Zario turned on his hazard lights as soon as the officer um, flashed his lights or turned on his lights, signifying that he was going to pull him over. Instead of stopping right where he was on a dark road, he put on his hazards, like I said, and he went to another location which was a well-lit gas station i don't know about you guys but when it's late at night and i'm being stopped because i've been stopped a couple of times when i'm being stopped i don't stop right on the highway number one it's, it's a safety hazard for everybody number two if it's dark 
Like if I'm on 85 South, if I'm on 95 South or North, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to get off at the nearest exit and I'm going to go somewhere where it's well lit. You know what I'm saying? So I can be aware of my surroundings and everybody around us can see what's transpiring. So when we pulled into the um, to the gas station, that's when the Windsor police officer, Joe uh, Gutierrez um, and Daniel Crocker pulled guns on Nazario, Lieutenant Nazario, excuse me, um, who was accused of driving without license plates, according to the lawsuit and the body camera footage. Um, this is what I don't understand personally. I've been pulled over, like I said, on numerous occasions. I don't stop immediately if it's dark outside. I pull up to a well-lit well area. Um, if the stop was initially for his tags, when they pulled him over and they got behind the vehicle, why didn't they do a check for the tags? You get what I'm saying? Why do you initially pull over the vehicle and initial, like immediately pull out your weapon. In what scenario does that make sense? In this scenario, what doing show of force, going through the steps of show of force, what danger did he present for them to pull out their weapons? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to understand the thought process behind that. So um yeah so they pulled out their weapons um and if you saw the body cam footage he's saying i'm afraid to get out i'm afraid to get out his hands are out um of the window and he's just pleading with the police like please don't shoot me please put your guns away please you know i don't want to die i'm afraid i'm afraid which he has every right to be afraid but the officer then says oh you should be afraid if you're here to protect and serve and I have no reason to, you know, to hide and run, I have I have nothing illegal on me. Um, I'm an upstanding citizen. Why are you telling me I should be afraid? Why? How does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I just don't understand the immediate aggression. Um, so, yeah, you saw the police officer OC him um, and then after all everything was like de-escalated um oc meaning you know um they they pepper sprayed him after everything was de-escalated then the cop tried to like laugh and joke with him like oh i didn't see your temporary tags of course you didn't dickhead because you didn't look you didn't look boom last sunday a 26-year police veteran, Kim Potter, fatally shot Dante Wright after pulling him over for expired tax. He called his mother. He said, Mom, this was going down. Um, I'm being pulled over. He told her it was for having an air freshener in his window. I don't know what it was. I wasn't there. But basically, the police officers were saying it's because he had expired tax. Um, then when they ran his information, they saw that he had a misdemeanor warrant. Um while attempting to arrest him um dante attempted to evade arrest get back into the vehicle i can't speak for him i don't know what his mindset was but i know when i'm um when i'm in a situation where i cannot be i cannot move freely because i'm claustrophobic i freak out my fight flight 
fight or freeze response kicks in. I freak out. I freak out. I don't know what he was going through, but I freak out. And I know people are going to say, well, don't do anything where you have to, you know, be cuffed or be arrested. Um, but anybody who trained with me, I'm a military police officer, very lightly loose on the police officer. But like, I say that because we don't consider ourselves police officers, but that by trade, that's what my, my title is basically. Um, but yeah, like anybody can tell you if they, they were in training with me when I had the cuffs on my wrist in the front or the back, I would freak out and be like, okay. Or I tell them like, please make it really, really loose so I can feel like I can get out. Because once I'm in the cuffs, that's when I want to freak the F out. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what was going through his mind. Um, but I know he attempted to get back in the vehicle. Uh, once he got back into the vehicle, this 26 year veteran, the most senior person in that traffic stop, yelled taser, 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 goes to her right side, pulls out her Glock, says taser, 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 and then realizes that she shoots him from the excuse me, little research that I've done and the videos that I've seen from her counterparts, fellow officers, they say when setting up a uniform, your taser is always on your non-dominant side. Kim Potter was a right-handed person. Her taser is on her left side. Somebody who's been doing this job for 26 years. And I get it, she was under pressure. I get it, she was under pressure. But this is your job. Under pressure, you have to make those do or die decisions. And your decision obviously was supposed to be taser, taser, taser. But somehow you got that confused. It doesn't make sense. Make it make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Like the weight is going to be different. Your sight picture. I don't know if the taser has a sight picture. I've never trained with the taser. But the weapon has a sight picture. And I know it's close range, so you probably didn't even use your sight picture. You just shot. But it just, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't make sense to me. But on to, on, on to the next story. But um, just for reference, uh, Dante Wright actually passed away where uh, a couple of miles from where George Floyd took his last breath, which is pretty insane to me. Um, 25 minutes before the verdict was read in the De Derek Chauvin case, um, a teenager by the name of Makia Bryant was shot four times by an officer in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, a call was made to 911 to the 911 dispatchers in regards to an altercation involving, possibly involving a weapon. Um, and they're saying that it was Makia that called the officers requesting help because some girls were trying to beat her up. Um, and initially they were trying to stab her. Um, but then when the officers were on scene, somehow she got a hold of the weapon and she was defending herself and trying to stab them. Um, nobody knows for sure um, <clears throat> what that whole story is because everything is still fresh and they're still doing their investigation. Um, on their end um, but basically the officers arrived on the scene and witnessed Bryant with the knife charging at two women um, and I know what you're going to say I know it 
the conservatives are going to say or the blue lives matter people are going to say she presented a threat so the officer's job was to neutralize the threat i get it i got it i understand i understand how show of force works i get all of that but let us not forget the officer's job is of course to neutralize the threat but also de-escalate the situation brian had a knife Brian had a knife. There have been plenty of occasions, plenty instances where the suspect has an automatic weapon. An automatic weapon and is taken into custody with tender love and care. Has an automatic weapon and kills somebody and actually leaves the crime scene, goes home. You know what I'm saying? Like, an automatic weapon, but they weren't shot dead. So it doesn't make sense to me that a 16-year-old had a knife. That would have, in my mind, in my mind, I saw, you know, she had the knife and she was going for the girl. As quick as you pulled out that gun, why not pull out the taser? to de-escalate the situation. She's 15. You don't think a taser would have been enough for her? I'm sure as soon as she had one of the prongs in her back or wherever it hit, I'm sure she would have dropped the weapon. I feel like she would have dropped the weapon. And I know they're doing their investigation and trying to figure out, um, the mayor spoke about it. I watched the press conference. They're trying to figure out was the um, police officer uh, handling the situation in the appropriate manner. But it just doesn't make sense that so many non-people of color have committed plenty of crimes and actually had the ability to tell the tale after murdering people with guns or after charging a police officer with a knife or acting real squirrely and hitting the police officer, stealing off on a police officer. You know what I'm saying? And what I'm not trying to do, I'm not lumping all police officers together. I know each police officer they're their own individual person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't expect a whole PD department or I'm sorry, a whole PD police department to act like a whole nother police department. I know everybody has their own type of training. Everybody is their own person when they, they get out there and it's just them and their car and their partner. I understand that. I'm not saying all cops are bad. I'm not saying all cops are good. I'm saying good people make good cops. Bad people probably make shitty cops. And then good people make bad, bad decisions. But when you're in that line of work, when you're in that line of work, you're held to a higher standard. You have the training and you were given the responsibility, you know, of being able to make those brash decisions in the heat of the moment. You took an oath to protect and serve. 
but how can you protect the streets that want nothing to do with you because they're fucking afraid of you like step into my shoes real quick okay close your eyes step into my shoes real quick okay you're black upstanding citizen you see murders day after day of people evading arrest um physical altercations with the weapon you witnessed george floyd die elijah mccain sandra bland brianna taylor and all of that replays in your mind keep your eyes closed all of that replays in your mind in your mind in your mind so when you're sitting on your couch chilling you're like dang will they blow my head off you know what i'm saying because i'm just sitting on the couch in my home and they think drugs are running in and out of my home or damn i'm just walking home i'm vibing i'm listening to my music um you know what i'm saying will they murder me you know what i'm saying like you don't know you don't know what cop you're going to encounter, whether they're good or bad, or if they're having a bad day and they're feeling froggy. You don't know. I was driving today, and I'm, like I said, I'm an upstanding citizen. I don't bother anybody. I don't have anything crazy on my record. I don't have any warrants. Um, upstanding citizen. But a cop pulled behind me today. And what did I do? I didn't even do the limit. I was under the limit because I was so afraid that they were gonna run my tags and pull me over. Not afraid because I did anything wrong. I didn't even wanna have that encounter. I didn't want to even know what was going to happen. Because I can say, hey, sir, I'm terrified right now of this situation, of this encounter. I do not want to die. I'm not afraid because I'm doing anything wrong. I just don't want to die. I have a daughter that I have to pick up by six o'clock. I want to be able to make it there. I didn't even want to have that interaction. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember this one time I was going five over on post. If you're, if you're in Leavenworth, the MPs will get you for going two over. I was going five over on post. Granted, I was wrong. I should have been doing the limit. I had a female in the car with me. I was giving her a ride. She said, you should have talked your way out of that ticket. I always talk my way out of the ticket. From that moment on, I knew she had no idea of what it was like to be a black person while driving, while living, while sleeping. She had no clue. It's just crazy while, while you're out on the road driving and the speed limit is a suggestion to everybody else. That speed limit to a black person could be life or death. Life or death. That expired tag to a black person could be life or death. I had a soldier, he was three months past his expiration date for his tag. And he was just like, it's only three months. It's only three months. That expiration date to him is, is a suggestion. To me, three months prior to my, my tax expiring, I'm trying to figure out how I can get them renewed. 
I want no parts. I want no encounters with the police. None, if I don't have to. And I'm not going to say, I'm, 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 I'm harping on this because I'm telling you, I'm not saying all cops are bad. But I don't want to have an encounter with a bad cop. Because everybody's an individual. In each PD, everybody's an individual. And I don't want to make the mistake of meeting up or linking up with a bad cop, having a bad day, and that has a bad attitude and don't care about my life. I don't. So before you get on somebody's post and you troll, before you get on somebody's post and say blue lives matter or this should have been that or this should have, think about how they feel. Think about things from their perspective. Makia looks just like my baby girl. Not physical features, but my baby girl is a black girl. My daughter is a black girl. My bonus kids are black boys and they will turn into black men. I'm already thinking about the speech, the when you get pulled over speech. I'm already thinking about setting up their iPhones so they have the shortcut um, and all they have to say is, Siri, I'm being pulled over by the police and it'll already start recording and it'll call mom. I'm already thinking of um, convenient spots to have their license of registration so they don't have to reach anywhere out of sight. I'm already thinking of things like that. My kids don't even drive yet. My kids aren't even of age to whether, well, where they would be without me. But that's what we have to gear ourselves up for as parents or as black people. You have to think about all of that stuff before it's even time to get there for your children. Because I don't want a Makia Bryant situation. I don't want a Dante Wright situation. I don't want a Elijah, Mc Elijah McCain situation, a Breonna Taylor situation. And a lot of those situations couldn't have been avoided. Like they did nothing wrong. Elijah McCain did nothing wrong. Wasn't even, he was going home. He was going home. Breonna Taylor, she was asleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, before you, before you, speak on something that you're only seeing from an outside perspective think about the people who were traumatized because of the things that they see on the internet you know like it's a traumatic experience to have a cop pull up behind you even if the lights don't flash as a black person it's very traumatic even if, even as an upstanding citizen, and I'm not, I'm not talking down on anybody in their lifestyle, but even as somebody who I know, everything is clean. I have nothing in my vehicle. I'm, I'm insured. I'm licensed. Like, it's a traumatic experience. Very traumatic. And it's sad because I think we're all desensitized to these murders. Like I no longer really flinch anymore when I 
witness somebody being murdered on TV or on the internet. I no longer flinch because it doesn't even seem like a big deal anymore. It's like, not that it's not a big deal because it's a life lost, but I've seen so many dead bodies on TV, on the internet, on Facebook, on Instagram, that this last murder, I flinched when I saw the blood, but it just all looks like a movie because we see it so much. It all just looks like a movie. So, um, like Kumo said, and I can't get taken off my platform for saying what I'm saying, but like Kumo said, people won't be held accountable consistently until it's little white boys and little white girls being murdered day in and day out. Until people are standing in our shoes and feeling how we feel and watching their people be murdered, there's there won't be an outra outrage. And then those people who aren't doing anything about it or speaking on it, they're gonna continue to be complicit. Um, yeah, it, it's not gonna be taken serious. I'm, I'm very proud of Minnesota for doing you know, what they're doing and making a change. But until we have consistency um, and accountability and until it is non-people of color being murdered on a day-to-day -day basis in broad daylight, there's not going to be an outrage and if you can't relate I guess you can't be irate about it so yeah um I appreciate you guys tapping in for this quick little episode um it went a lot longer than I expected but like I said I had to put off um the three-part series to address this and i would be doing you guys a disservice if i didn't address this and i didn't let you know how it feels from the inside perspective of everything that's going on um so we love you guys um continue to listen to the single black female podcast and if me voicing how i feel about this situation offends you don't continue to listen to the podcast that's fine that's fine. I don't do this for money. I don't do this to be liked. I do this to uplift, educate, motivate. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not getting a check for this. So I'm going to continue to do what I do, whether I offend people or not. But I'm here to tell the truth. I'm here to spread the truth. And I'm here to educate people who have no clue about what's going on. So um, be safe. We love you guys. And thank you so much for listening and uh, sticking with us through it all.